the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite, i.e. radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm pleased to have two other private citizens who uh, exemplify that quote from Justice Brandeis and are fulfilling the obligations of their most important political office. Uh, my co-host today is a radio newbie. Uh, she's a radio virgin, and she's asking me to be gentle with her, and this on her first time on the radio show, Anita Rhodes. And uh, we'll, we'll, have, we'll let Anita talk more about her background and her path to activism a little later in the show. Uh, and our guest, who's built... No. It's, it's not, I mean, it's not, it wasn't as good as being on United IE Radio, but Agnes told me that she just finished recording a segment for, with Dr. Sebastian Gorka for Newsmax TV this weekend. So, a step up from that, she's now our guest today on United IE Radio. We're pleased to have Agnes back, and if you know, don't know Agnes' story, uh, her path to activism was quite involuntary, and uh, her son was murdered by a previously deported illegal alien... And she turned her grief into activism so no one else, no other Americans have to go through what she did. And um, to make it even worse or more, to add insult to injury, Agnes is a legal immigrant who jumped through all the hoops, waited in line for her turn to immigrate to America legally, whereas the murderer of her son was here illegally at least twice and probably more times before he committed his crime. Welcome to the show, Agnes. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Please. Now, uh, immigration is always a, a vitally important issue, and Coulter says it is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. But the specific reason we asked you on today was you just came back from the now wide open border. You toured it with another great activist, Ben Berkwam and and some others. Um, Tell us about that trip. And before we get to the border, you had to fly under all these coronavirus restrictions. Start there. Well, it was very interesting. Uh, Before uh, boarding onto the plane American Airlines, they announced that you have to wear double mask. I had single mask. I'm not gonna go that far to wear double mask. And then they said uh, th- those that you pull, that looks like a scarf that you pull over your face, those are not acceptable. And if you're not willing to comply, they then you'll be barred from flying American Airlines. So anyways, they hold on plane. And if you're planning to sleep, you make sure you keep your mask on so the flight attendant won't have to wake you up so you can put your mask back on. So it's very uncomfortable to be flying, uh, walking to the airport, hauling your luggage wearing a mask, uh, to say the least. And some people had it below their nose. After a while, I just said, the heck with this, and I pulled it down because, you know, I, was, I had to run from one terminal to the other, and it was quite a distance, and I only had 15 minutes. And uh, I wasn't going to play that anymore. I was all sweaty, and it's ridiculous. It is absolutely ridiculous. And I'll just stop you there. That was uh, – I've learned that trick is – most places, the vast majority of places where they insist that you wear a mask, you can get away with having it under your nose and they don't say anything. So so if, unless they absolutely positively insist, I was in court the other day and the court clerk said, well, you have to pull up over your nose. So I did while I was in the courtroom. But most places you can get away with, and I, I've even been, when I went into, actually when I went in to be tested for coronavirus back in November, I wore my mask under my nose, and they, the, the medical staff, even when they were examining me, taking the sample, said nothing. So, handy well, trick, and, a handy and, trick, and a, handy, a handy trick here on United IE Radio. Yeah, and you know that uh, apparently these masks, the ones that everybody's wearing, the cloth masks, do not work. 
So it, it's redundant to, to wear a mask. And why are we wearing masks if so many people have been vaccinated and they too have to wear a mask? What's the point then? Exactly. Why are, why are they? You look, at, you look in Congress when, Obi- when um, Biden. That's probably a good name for him because I think Obama is behind the scenes, at least one of the guys pulling Biden's strings, is the whole the, the hall is, looks like about 25% at most had the, the Chamber of Congress full of people, all widely separated. They're all wearing masks, and they've all been vaccinated. I know. It's like, what's it's the point? Ridiculous. Yeah, it's ridiculous. But uh, going back to um, uh, to my uh, trip to McAllen, Texas, I wanted to see it with my own two eyes. And Ben uh, Burkwam, you know, a dear friend of mine, invited me to go uh, on the bus. Uh, let me tell you what the name of the bus uh, um, that President Trump campaigned in. So it was really a Save America Freedom Tour bus. Uh, the inside is filled with Trump uh, paraphernalia, flags and everything. It was very hot and humid. We went to a ranch that that uh, they wanted us to see where they cross over. And this is not, we're not talking about a beach that you just land and step out in shallow water and then you just walk in. This is overgrown bushes, trees, weeds, you you name it. It's completely overgrown. And it sits about, I would say, about a good five, six feet at least over the uh, water and very, very steep. So it's not easy to walk up because it's kind of sandy. But we climbed through the bushes, got entangled in branches and had to be brushing everything. We were just so full of dust, not to mention the humidity and the heat. Uh, we found uh, toothbrushes, we found baby clothes, we found baby shoes, small children's shoes and clothing, medicine, found a, a birth certificate that I got it right here for a young man in um, from El Salvador who was who's going to be 16 uh, on July, uh, July 15th. And, uh, and it's crazy. So I, I wonder why this kid uh, tossed his birth certificate. Uh, at age 16, he's going to need it. But anyway, so I brought it home. I figured he didn't want it, so I have it. A um, lot, a lot of trash, a lot of trash that they leave behind, and then they just disappear into our country. Now, there is a company called Fisher Enterprises that built about three and a quarter, uh, approximately three and a quarter mile uh, border wall, and it's just pillars squared by kind of s- sitting like a diamond. There's no top to it, so you can't hook anything on the top to climb over the fence. And they sit about 20 uh, feet high. And on the other side, they cleared all the bushes and the shrubs so you can see if someone is walking in. But the biggest problem that I saw is that there was no Border Patrol anywhere. And... um, they were far in between. The next day, we went on a boat tour on the Rio Grande and uh, saw two stationed military personnel with three uh, young men on a, one sitting on top, one on each side of the vehicle, uh, watching uh, the river, which does absolutely nothing because they were so far apart. Every few hours, you would see a Border Patrol or a Highway Patrol boat go by. And uh, probably five minutes later, another one would follow. But that's when they cross. The minute the boat goes, that's when they cross. Found tons and tons of dinghies uh, deflated on our side. They had no use for them anymore. Once they crossed over, they just discarded it. And that was the end of that. And they just walk into the United States. Now, on the boat cruise, we saw a group of three or four uh, Latinos on the Mexico side. And uh, they waved. And as soon as the boat started passing, they flipped us off. And I thought, well, that's very kind of you. And when we came back, imagine what was on our side. A woman, a man, and two children. The man carrying one one child in his arms and the woman walking with another one that appeared to be about five, six years old. So that's what they were there, staking out when it was a good time to cross. Uh, We don't have the manpower to control the invasion, to control this crisis. And unfortunately, our administration says there is no crisis because he's so senile, he doesn't even know what a crisis is. 
and uh, it's a big problem. And we don't know who these people are. We don't know what diseases they're bringing in, uh, diseases that have been eradicated. Uh, it's all going to come back uh, from syphilis to uh, tuberculosis to all kinds of uh, stuff that God knows what, what else they bring in. And during a pandemic, COVID, because they're not being tested. And as of today, I hear that there are over 20,000 20, unaccompanied minors in the United States. Question number one, what kind of parent would send their small child uh, to a land that they don't know anything about? Number two, they're supposed to be going to a sponsor's home. And number three, as a legal immigrant, I know that when someone sponsors you, to come in this country legally, you are obligated to to take responsibility for that person, both financially, medically, in every way possible until that person can stand on their feet. But it's not happening because we, the taxpayers, are paying the bill to support all the riffraff that's coming into our country. Yeah, and those and those are the better ones. We're not, we haven't gotten to the uh, to the criminals yet. Let's yes. take. Let's take a pause here. A good chance for hear from our sponsor for this half of Unite IE Radio, Ed Hoffman of Summit Funding, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. And we'll be back after this, and uh, we'll, hopefully Anita won't talk quite so much in the second segment here as she did in the first segment. We'll bring her into the conversation after this work. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 5990, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And we are also certified to be the number one conservative talk radio show in our market, in our time slot. And we've worked very hard to become such, and we're very proud of that accomplishment. Full stop, as that uh, uh, the uh, new C- woke CIA recruitment ad, if you saw that this past week. But we're not going there. We're talking about immigration. Our guest this week is Agnes Gibney. Uh, her, her son was murdered by a previously deported illegal alien, and she just came back from the border. And uh, my guest host this week is Anita Rhodes, and she is a radio newbie, and she's asked us to be gentle with her this first, this first time out. And we're going to try to bring her into the conversation in this segment. Samuel Gompers, the founder of the American Federation of Labor, the AFL in AFL-CIO, said back at a time of also very high immigration, those who favor unrestricted immigration care nothing for the people. They are simply desirous of flooding the country with unskilled as well as skilled labor of other lands for the purpose of breaking down American standards. And we see that going on both with illegal and illegal immigration. Uh, Anita, you want, once you get into this conversation, you saw an interview with Laura Largan, Laura Logan, interviewing some of the uh, c- drug cartels, which are now people smuggling cartels as well. That's right. And what disturbed me most is when Lara asked the person she was interviewing, why the children? She mentioned three things. For uh, to use the children as drug mules for sex trafficking purposes, and eventually to use them in snuff films. You heard me correctly. To just visualize that, it's very disturbing. So, for those who are interested or supportive 
of sacrificing the health of Americans since they're bringing in so many illegal aliens. What about the risk to these children? What about the risk to women? Why is it we hear that and we just ignore it and move on to continuing to promote illegal immigration? So I like to appeal to the, to the audience and ask them to really think about this illegal immigration. On the surface, it appears noble and compassionate, but the end of it is extremely detrimental to the people coming over here, many of them, and detrimental to our, our country. And with Agnes being here, we see the impact to someone that, that we know personally. Absolutely. And uh, under the Biden administration, the federal government is now aiding and abetting and is a partner with the Mexican drug and people smuggling cartels. And we should ask ourselves, why? Why is our government doing this? What is the real reason behind it? Is it noble? I don't think so. I don't think so either. Agnes. Well, I think our government is uh, not doing anything about it because it has gotten away from them. When Biden uh, initially said, you're all welcome here, and these illegal aliens were coming in with Biden's T-shirts, uh, I don't think that Biden really anticipated the the millions that would be coming in. And uh, I think just last month there were over 20,000 uh, that were apprehended uh, or so close to that amount. And how many more thousands were not apprehended? Uh, but the question is, this, this has gotten away from this government. And it's like, oh, my God, there's a big crisis there. We don't want to go there to bring more attention to it. So they just close their eyes and hope that it's going to go away. It's not going to go away. Eventually, it's going to affect every single American citizen, uh, taxpaying uh, citizen in this country, because they are going to be costing us more money living here in, in our country than even the humanitarian aid that we provide to their countries. Now, why are we providing humanitarian aid to their countries if they're coming here? And we're supporting them here, too. So we support them in their country, and then we support them in our country. Where does it end? I don't want to – our tax dollars are being squandered by our government. Squandered. And where where does it end? Well, I think you're being too generous in saying that they don't know what they're doing, they got away from them. I think this is intentional deliberate. They know exactly what they wanted to do. They wanted to open the borders. They want to flood the country with new Democrat voters. And in some states like California with no election integrity, illegal aliens do vote in large numbers. And even in states where they don't allow that, they're still their children and grandchildren are going to be here and they're going to stack the voting deck. And secondarily, you got uh, business interests that like the cheap labor. They like, a, you know, they, as Samuel Gompers said, they want to break down American wages. The law of supply and demand applies to the labor market like it applies to any other market. So, for, so the, it, it, I think it is absolutely a conscious and intentional policy decision. They made it clear during the campaign when every... Democrat raised their hand. You know, they want they want to allow open borders. They want to allow they want to give free health care to every foreigner who steps across our border, paid for of course by the American taxpayers. It is a tremendous betrayal of the country. But then we are talking about the Democrat Party. You know, Greg, uh, I heard, uh, don't quote me correctly, and uh, I'm not sure exactly the right quote, but uh, Biden said that we have a one-party government uh, and we need to unite the parties. He doesn't want to unite the parties. This is the most divisive uh, president that we have had, even worse than uh, than Obama. He's, like you said, a puppet of Obama. And uh, this is what we have, a one-party government, and it's not supposed to be like that. And they are destroying and ruining our country. It's time for them to start getting arrested for for treason. 
uh, because this government, uh, this Congress, most of them are not doing anything to benefit our country, to protect the Constitution. We're beyond the Constitution already. Uh, Nobody regards or respects the Constitution, unfortunately. Certainly not the FBI. Yeah, yeah. It's it's so bad, uh, and I do not understand how some people can agree with this and say this is not about being a Republican or, a, or, or having a D or an R after your political party. This is about the laws of this country. This is about following uh, the Constitution and, and obeying and working together. They don't want to do that. Well, they don't. And sure, they're happy to unify around what they want. Absolutely. Let's, let's, let's unify around creating, I think, ultimately, the Democrat Party goal is a one-party socialist state. The voting deck will be so stacked, and we haven't talked about it today, but the election process, they've corrupted that, and they stole the last presidential election, and probably a lot of down-ballot races from there, most probably, most notably, the Michigan Senate race. They had a great candidate there. He was a dynamic young businessman, uh, a, a, a veteran, and he was doing very well in the polls there. And it, it would normally be a Democrat state. And guess what? Just like just like Donald Trump, he ended up losing Michigan to this deluge of fraudulent votes coming out of Detroit. It's a shame. It, it really is a shame. And I don't know where this country is going to end up, but I can tell you that history is repeating itself. United States is becoming what my family fled from, communism. Yeah, you're from, you're from Hungary. You're, you, you, were, you were born in Hungary and your family escaped early in your life. That's right. And this country is becoming what we escaped from. And it, it breaks my heart because uh, this is the only country that I've known uh, growing up, I mean, I grew up in Brazil. I love Brazil very much, but this is the only citizenship I have. And to know that my government doesn't care, it's uh, incredibly, incredibly heartbreaking for me and for many legal immigrants that came here and contributed to this country. For many, re- for many of the aforementioned reasons you and Greg both mentioned, we know our government is against us now. They're against the American people. It's apparent. They are pushing socialism and communism. And the reason I say that, I am now in a class where I'm studying the Constitution. And it's unbelievable how far away we have come from the Constitution. And I would implore the listeners that to to take that class, to understand the Constitution, understand our great country, and to hold our um, elected officials accountable because what they're doing by allowing illegal immigrants or illegal aliens to come into our land, they are circumventing our Constitution. They are bringing a people in that are completely uninformed about what America is. I think we all know when legal immigrants come through, they love America. They become Americans. But they are purposely making sure these illegal illegal aliens don't know our country. And they're easily manipulated. So it's unfortunate that our leadership, and it's unfortunate that it's predominantly the Democrat Party that will do this to American citizens and really take advantage of the aliens they're bringing across the border. Well, there's a lot of Republicans that are complicit in open borders and turning a blind eye to illegal immigration. Uh, Donald Trump was a was a 180 degree turn in how Republican Party views and deals with illegal immigration. Uh, and the funny thing is, a pro-American worker immigration policy of reducing both legal immigration, making it merit-based, not bringing on your, your cousin, a whole, a whole range of people, just merit-based and securing the border, enforcing our immigration laws. That is a, pop, a politically popular position. So there's the wide open path, which Donald Trump took successfully in 2016 to, 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 to do just that. We are almost out of time here for this segment. I know Agnes has other commitments today. Any final thoughts or words, Agnes? Uh, just that uh, we need to start paying attention because we're heading towards a brutally tyrannical socialist revolution. And uh, if our con- if California goes down, the rest of the country and the world will follow 
fight for this country. Do not give up. Voice your opinion. Do not let the left push you around. Couldn't have said it better myself. You, wrote, you said it just like I wrote it, Agnes. Good job. <laughs> right, thank you for being on, Agnes, and uh, look forward to, our ne- to your next visit to our show. Stay tuned for the exciting second half of Unite, i.e. radio. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590, The Answer. For those of you that are 62 or older and haven't taken the time to inquire into a reverse mortgage, here are some great reasons to consider one. One, you don't have to make monthly mortgage payments unless you want to. Two, a reverse mortgage can supplement your retirement income and allow your retirement savings to last longer, which will save you money on taxes or possibly allow you to delay taking Social Security benefits, which will increase your benefit when you do. Three, when you finally pass on, your kids inherit the home and the equity in it, along with the money that has accumulated in your bank accounts from not having to make monthly mortgage payments. Four, no prepayment penalty if you decide to sell the home or refinance out of it. And the biggest reason, it's your equity. Use it when you want it. Interest rates are low, which means more money available. So if you've inquired before and it didn't work, it may work today. Calling to find out more details is free, so call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots and uh, my co-host today, uh, Anita Rhodes. I've known her uh, through church. We both go to the Ark Church of the Nazarene in Redlands with Pastor Kevin O'Connor, and he's one of these great pastors like Jack Hibbs and Pastor Tim Thompson and others to really understand the importance of the role of the church in the country and in the culture. And she's now gotten involved with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And she's also with working with the School Choice Campaign. And uh, she's also with the Unite IE Coalition leading on spiritual warfare and candidate vetting. And we're going to try to delve into those kind of things. But for someone new to the show and, and, new, to the, and new to the cause here, at least in, from my perspective, what is your path to activism? How did you get from the sofa to in front of this radio microphone? Well, about 20 years ago, I was asked certain questions about my belief system, why I was a Democrat. And I was asked certain things such as, um, well, do you believe in same-sex marriage? How about the Second Amendment, uh, small government, low taxes? And I realized in the course of that conversation that I was a Republican. Everything the Democrat Party stood for, I was against. So that light bulb never went off. A few years passed, I heard Dennis Prager say, um, there are good people on the front lines to save our country. And the good people, there were three types of good people on the front lines. Those who are on the front lines, those who are supporting those on the front lines, and those who were still sitting on the sofa. I was on the sofa, so I've that was that motivated me to get up and get involved. And that was how I got involved. I joined Republican Women and learned a lot from them and moved forward to all these other various conservative um, activities. And that's how I got here. And what's really important, I found, is I listened to Trevor Loudon, and he revealed that um, our elected officials are not vetted. That's how we end up with communists in our Senate as well as our Congress. And I found that very disturbing. So I took it upon myself to develop a candidate vetting form to be used by the average everyday citizen so that we could identify whether we're conservative or not, what our values are, and how to really hold these candidates accountable so that we ensure this time we get the best candidate possible. That's great. And I know you're also, you are a very devout Christian. And uh, you know your Bible very, very well, probably almost as well, maybe at least as well as, uh, as the pastor. And you know, you know, you're doing the, doing the singing in, in church, and you're, 
you're, you're not just singing, you know, <laughs> you know, under the under the under the you know under the you know softly so no one can hear you. You're you're belting it out and you're moving and shaking and you're you are to, you are totally into it. But my question, my, my my question is, there are so many Christians that are on the sofa or they they just don't. That politics is something over here. It's not to be. You know, we uh, we are we are in the kingdom of God and therefore we don't need to worry about. The, the, what's going on in, in politics, and they're, they're sitting out of the process even though the government is antithetical to their Christian beliefs and values. How does, your, how does your understanding of Christianity and the Bible inform your political views and motivate you to be involved? Well, being someone that believes the Bible, I recognize that the value the Bible espouses are the healthiest values and principles for us to live by. And that our government, our constitution, the Declaration of Independence, largely was taken from the Bible. So to now be in a state where Christians think that it's holy to be ignorant or uninvolved in political affairs, I see that as the, that's, it's the exact opposite. We should be involved. Many people cite Romans chapter 13 saying to obey the, to obey the government. And then some of them cavalierly say it doesn't matter. It's all going to burn. But this is a country that was established so that Christians could worship God. Anybody could worship freely in this country. And now somehow we think that we should sit under this country and let atheist godless people make all decisions for our lives as voters we are supposed to vote and take a part in our country and scripture tells us to be involved to obey the laws that's one of the laws and principles of this country so we are absolutely in rebellion when we don't vote when we don't get involved in politics well sure and ultimately the government is us that's how it's supposed to be here god then the people than the government. Correct. So you're not fulfill, you're not fulfilling your obligations to the government if you stay uninvolved. And you're not fulfilling your obligation to care about your brethren by not voting for laws that will protect them, help them advance. Just as we were, as we were talking, an example we were just talking about uh, in the first half with Agnes Gibney on illegal immigration. You would... I've seen an interview with Laura Logan and some of the cartel members explaining their nefarious purposes for bringing in children of drug smuggling, of sex trafficking, and even in some cases using them in snuff films. And so you're, 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 not, you're not showing your love for these children well, what by staying uninvolved and letting, this, letting the government open the borders. Where I see Christians are disobedient to situations like that is in Roman chapter 1, where God talks about all these various sins that he will visit upon a country or people if they commit them because they suppress the truth and unrighteousness. And the most prominent one that's discussed is the homosexuality. And we see that that's happening with, our, with the children if we're if we keep it just to the border, those children are being used for sexual purposes, fornication, illicit things. They're abusing the children. But what's really critical is the end of that verse where it talks about, uh, I think it's Romans 1, 31, 29 and 31, where people that do those things will not inherit God's kingdom and people that give comfort to people that do those things are equally as guilty. So for a Christian to not vote against something like that, or call it evil. They're comforting those wicked people that are accomp- that are accomplishing those um, sins and abuses toward people. So you don't escape. If you're a Christian and you simply turn your head and, or, or you vote for those types of things, you are equally as guilty because you're supporting it and giving comfort to those that support that. I think you, you touched on it, and I think this is part of why... Christians are not engaged is there's a lot of Christians who believe that the end times are near, that there's going to be a rapture and, and the, uh, the, the, the children of God are going to be taken away. There'll be these terrible times ultimately leading to the, uh, the Antichrist and Jesus' ultimate victory and thousand-year reign. So it's, it's kind of like, okay, if end times are going to be here, I think as some, many Christians think is, why do I need to worry about 
what's happening in the world. And I, th- and I just so strongly disagree with that because we're trying to bet when God is going to trigger end times. And we don't know that. It could be today, and it makes absolute sense to have yourself spiritually prepared to, if it's today, I'm ready. But equally, and Pastor Tim wrote this in his, uh, Pastor Tim Thompson in his book, his, his father taught him, be ready for it today, but live as if it's not going to happen in your lifetime. Absolutely. That's, that's true. And although we are in the end times, I believe that, and my house is ready too. There are many unsaved folk out there. If we allow our government to go on as it is, we won't be able to evangelize. We won't be able to reach out and help those people. They're going to, they're attempting to correct, identify us through the COVID vaccine shot, uh, taking the vaccine, trying to corral us and suppress us to prevent us from evangelizing. We won't even be able to talk if our nation continues the way it is. Our government continues its efforts to silence truth, to silence free speech. The church will be rendered totally ineffective. And that's contrary to the goals and purpose of Jesus. The fact that we are in the end times. He says he's tarrying. He hasn't come yet because he wants none to perish, but all to come to repentance. So the church needs to be able to act and go forward and speak and bring in the harvest. Well, it is not just, I think we would agree uh, that closing down the churches for because of coronavirus was not for our health. It was to render the church so it can't engage in its primary mission of spreading the gospel and secondarily so it can't influence politics and culture because they're not, they're not meeting. And I think a lot of the churches, are just, they're not going to come back. They're, they're just going to get put out of business. I think we have lost a lot of churches. And also, I think the attempt was to prevent the saints from worshiping and praying together. So there, I think there is a fear by the government that there is power in prayer. And they have a fear of the Christians because we are very difficult for them to uh, manipulate and change our thinking or to indoctrinate or brainwash so they find that as they find that difficult dealing with us the fact that we place our hope and faith in scripture and in the god of the, in the god of the bible and a lot of the um I'll say it this way a lot of the christians unfortunately think it's more important to be nice than to be right and by being nice we're giving away the store we are appeasing evil letting evil flourish in our lives and around the country, and that ought not to be. Joseph Sorban uh, said that uh, liberalism is really piecemeal socialism, and socialism always attacks three basic social institutions, religion, the family, and private property. Religion because it offers a rival authority to the state. The family because it means a rival loyalty to the state and property because it means material independence of the state. And we see that's exactly what's happening. And in the government run schools, I know you're involved with school choice and we'll delve into that a little bit in the next, in our next segment of, and the universities and the, the culture have been for 50 years or more seeking to undermine Christianity, because they understand it is the core foundation, is the cornerstone on which this country is built. That's true. And the fact that many Christians, well, people in general, we don't know our Constitution, once again, to understand we have freedom of speech. And we should be, we should um, keep that freedom, exercise that freedom of speech to proclaim the gospel, speak freely about religion in the public square. There has been a lot of Christians now that um, we don't talk about religion, you know, certain places. In other words, they've taught us to privatize religion. You can talk about it at home, but not in the public square. Right. And some people, some I've been in churches where you, you know, have to be very careful about what you say, particularly if it's Regarding politics, I'll share a quick story. I was a member of a church, and each time we talked uh, about the state of affairs, this is when COVID was coming into place. And we wanted to talk about what to do with COVID. They're closing our churches. And we, I was shut down. 
every time. We don't talk about politics in church. Well, again, another time, we don't talk about politics in church. And then I realized my church leadership was taking direction from the city government. And I'm saying to them, we need to be involved in politics and talk about some of these issues that are happening with our government because we're outside. We're sitting outside, not sun. We've got a building in there. They've given us all the, all of the um, corrections or steps that we need to take to be free and um, to be safe inside the buildings. And then they wouldn't let us sit inside the buildings. So the point is, is um, a lot of we don't have the freedoms. We're not exercising our freedom of speech. We're not fighting for it. And by not doing that, we are passively giving our country over, giving our freedoms over to the government, which is leading us and wooing us and deceiving us into socialism, they say. But the end goal is to get us communists, to bring us into communism. And with that, let's hear from our sponsor, All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the radio talk show host. No, that's uh, <laughs> just seeing if, I'm, if my co-host for today, Anita Rhodes, is paying attention. I see that, I, I see that she, was pay, she was paying attention. Very good for Anita. Oh, we were talking about the, the role of Christians and Christianity in our culture and, and politics and um, that it's not just about being nice. And that's, and that's, and that's, that's, that's sort of, it's, there's a tendency, there's a trend in the, in the church. To, it's just about being nice to people. By being a nice person, and that's uh, that's a yes. Christianity and Jesus are about love of your of your neighbor and your, and your fellow man and woman, but it's a lot it's a, it's a lot more than that. And the church would never would have succeeded. It never would have there never would have been a church but for this commitment to go out and spread the gospel and to tell people not to sin. There's a, there's a famous story. Uh, when Jesus saves the woman from being stoned to death for for adultery. And many people just look at the first half. You know, let he who is without sin cast the first stone. It's like, okay, do whatever you want. But they leave out the second part is what he said to the woman. I mean, he didn't say, hey, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> no, he did not. Uh, he did not say, let's go have an adultery pride parade. <laughs> Right. He said, sin. go and sin no more. Precisely. And I think a lot of the, there's a lot of pastors, a lot of the church that have forgot that part of it. Absolutely. We are to call people to repentance from sin. And we do that by be, being salt and light in the community. Salt is a preservative to our community, to our culture. And the light is to shine the light into the darkness that has descended upon our community. And salt it being a preservative, we have to remind people that certain behaviors lead to certain lifestyles, that leads to certain destinies, that in the end are destructive to the individuals and to our culture. We can see that with um, same-sex marriage. We now have children who have to go into those kinds, who are adopted into those kinds of situations, and they're not getting a balanced lifestyle. Whether which, which male calls himself or performs in the role of a woman, he's not a mother. He's not a woman. So we are using our children as um, social experiments for the males. So that's an issue I, I take exception to. Why have a social experiment and harm the children? Why is that group of people so deserving of using children as a social experiment in their lifestyle? Well, but we use our children that way. Well, I think it is. I think it's cultural Marxism. It's to tear down this Judeo-Christian culture on which our 
republic and constitution are based. And, <clears throat> you know, uh, you know 30, Psalm 33, 12, blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. Yes. And you're, you're studying the constitution. And uh, John Adams uh, said that our constitution was made only for a moral and religious people. It is wholly inadequate to the government of any other. And while it's become popular in the government-run schools and universities and in the culture to demean the founders of this country, they created the longest surviving republic in the world and the longest surviving constitution in the world because they understood human nature. And that hasn't changed very much. That's very true. And we see how far human nature has fallen, even within the church and that's unfortunate, but we're, the church is being called back. I think we're waking up and we're going to assume our rightful role and take the courage to speak out to our culture, to let them know this is damaging and it's unacceptable. And we're not going to follow the world and its attempts to put away Christianity and to abuse our society in general and depress them. Well, and that's what the that's what the congregants want. Uh, we had Pastor Tim on the show last week, and he was at the Redlands Tea Party Patriots this past Thursday, and he makes the point that eighty percent of Christians want their pastors to address the moral and political issues from a biblical perspective, but probably most of them don't for some reason. I forget the name of the bill that Obama had put in place that would threaten pastors with their tax-exempt status, but that bill I don't think is still in effect, and even if, even if it were, they sh- should still preach the gospel, teach the, teach the uh, congregations, because all that means is if, the, if their tax-exempt status is withdrawn, we, the donors, simply can't deduct, deduct that money from our taxes. It doesn't close down the church. It doesn't take money from the church in any way. So that's really a weak threat. But there are men and women in a leadership that are afraid. And frankly, I don't think they're so much afraid of losing the tax status. I think that's the cloak they put on because they're cowardly. They're lacking courage. When, so, why, so what do you think their real motivation is? Fear. Of? Man. Fear of man, okay? And what the scripture teaches, especially if you're a man or woman of God teaching the Bible, Jesus says, fear not him who can kill the body, but fear him who can kill the body and cast the soul into everlasting destruction. And also, love not this world and the things of in the world, because if you do, the love of God is not in you. We have about three minutes left in today's show, and two other topics I want to touch on is one is you're working on this, you mentioned this candidate vetting form, and the other is your involvement, and I think it's probably the most important political issue before us is here in California, if not the nation, and that is school choice. And because we saw the results of what's happening in the government-run schools spill out onto our streets last year, where... The uh, the moral and academic degeneration that's going on there turned out thousands of people with, who thought it was perfectly fine morally to burn, loot, and pillage, and who hated this country and totally misunderstood this country. So let's let's start with candidate vetting, and then we'll try to end with uh, what's going on with school choice. Candidate vetting is very important. The buck stops with we, the people. We give our power to politicians to rule over us. I found out from listening to Trevor Loudon a few months ago that our elected officials are not vetted. So that's why we get people with very low character, um, people that are now communists. I think it's 25% of our senators are openly democratic socialist, and 40% of the Congress is, is the same, democrat socialist. So how do we keep them out of our office, out of office? We don't want communists running our government. We, the people, must vet them. We must select better um, uh, candidates and hold them accountable. So I am developing a form to help us look at the key issues of the day, what the right side of that issue is and the left side of it is, and also to help the reader identify whether they are a conservative, a moderate, or a leftist. 
Well, and your and your own personal example, uh, you're 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 black, and that's not, that doesn't matter to me, except that you were a Democrat, and you, I just given that ninety percent plus of blacks have been voting Democrat since the since the since the New Deal. Uh, you probably grew up in a home where that, that was just that was the default setting. Um, Evan Sayet, who 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 was Jewish, said when he grew up, it, being Democrat was just the default setting that he grew up in. That's true of me. But you looked at when you when you start asking the issues, abortion and Second Amendment and small government and tax, all these things. Well, I don't align with the Democrat Party. Right. What I learned uh, as a Democrat. Nothing I learned as a Democrat other than you're Democrat, so you vote Democrat. What I learned about conservatives, they knew what they believed, and they were able to vote accordingly. Accordingly, Most Democrats, if you ask them, why are you a Democrat? Which issue is it that, that you are really serious about? They won't know. Their loyalty is simply to the, the team, so to speak. But they don't know what the team is doing overall. So... That's one of the problems. And unfortunately, as black people, people of my culture are seriously aligned with the Democrat Party. And now over the past months, I think we've been brainwashed because you you hear uh, mainstream media tell you repeatedly, repeatedly that Republicans are racist. They hate you. They don't like you. And I think that's taken root. So that's really broken down the communication. We are going to have to leave it here. Thank you so much for being on the show. You did great for your first time. You did, you, you would have, this would have been great if this was your 10th time. But thank you so much for being on the show. Look forward to having you back. And tune in next week for another exciting edition of Unite IE Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman with Summit Funding and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, right here on AM590 The Answer. By now, I'm sure you've all been hearing about the fact that mortgage rates have dropped a whole percentage point in the last 12 months. So what does that mean to you? Well, if you own a home, it means we can possibly, one, reduce your payment, two, pull out cash and pay off other bills, and then further reduce your payment, or three, we can possibly reduce the term of your loan and get your home paid off years earlier than you planned. If you're over 62 considering a reverse mortgage, the lower the interest rates are, the more money you get on a reverse mortgage. And if you haven't even inquired about a reverse, you owe it to yourself to investigate this tremendous financing option. So if you're thinking about any of these, the time to act is now. For more information, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, 855-640-2020. Or go to edhoffman.net and click on the Summit Funding logo. Ed Hoffman, NMLS ID number 9921. California DRE ID number 10126. Arizona NMLS license number 0926439. Branch NMLS ID number 1841782. Summit Funding Incorporated NMLS ID number 31998. Arizona license number 0925837. Equal housing opportunity. AM 590. The answer.